0: The Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio.
1: Good morning.
0: With John Leonetti. that Broadcast School has really paid off. Matt Wilcombe. No! Mark Amadeo. Good morning. And Deacon Tony Valdez.
2: Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome into One and All. And it's Wednesday, October 4th. Big feast day today, too, by the way. We'll talk about that on the show. I'm John Leonetti. Welcome. Thanks for being a part of the show today. We've got a great one in store for you. Coming up, 7.15, back on the show, Chad Petticord is going to be on uh, Chad's the vice president, philanthropy, Catholic Leadership Institute. They just um, they do a lot. The Catholic Leadership Institute, especially to support the Church, support our bishops and priests as well. Um, and and that's really what we're going to talk about today. Um, their kind of uh, uh, ways of going about helping our bishops and helping our priests to be able to lead better, be more effective in their parishes. Uh, to be healthier, holier, all of that, just a bunch of support. Uh, so I know there's there's several priests that listen to this show. This will be dedicated to d- to you. But also, uh, friends, this is something that maybe you can give as a gift to your priests too, uh, maybe a subscription or whatever to the Catholic Leadership Institute. Really, really good stuff coming out of there. Kimberly Begg at 745 today. She's the editor of the Catholic School Playbook. So we're going to be talking about uh, kind of classical education and there's kind of a movement going on with that uh and introduce it to you we talk a lot about just kind of catholic schooling in general this is a little bit of a different way of schooling Uh, my kids are a part of saint thomas classical academy here in des moines and uh, it's done them very very well they love it and uh, made a lot of friends there as well so uh, we'll talk all things uh on that uh, uh catholic classical education hear more about the catholic school playbook as well all right, Deacon Tony, let's offer our day to our Lord with our morning offering prayer.
3: God our Father, we offer you our day. We offer you all our thoughts, words, joys, and sufferings in union with the heart of Jesus. Holy Spirit, be our guide and strength today so that we may witness to your love. Mary, Mother of Jesus and the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, her most chaste spouse, protect us. Amen.
2: Amen. Let's go to Matt. Welcome now with your
4: news. Thank you, John. News brought to you this morning by Laser Home Services. Catholic owned and operated, offering electrical, plumbing, heating, and cooling services in central Iowa since 2001. Learn more at laserhomeservices.com. Good morning. I'm Matt Wilkham. Speaker Kevin McCarthy was voted out of the job Tuesday in an extraordinary showdown, a first in U.S. history, forced by a contingent of hard-right conservatives and throwing the House and its Republican leadership into chaos. It was a stunning moment for McCarthy, a punishment fueled by growing grievances, but sparked by his weekend decision to work with Democrats to keep the federal government open rather than risk a shutdown. But in many ways, McCarthy's ouster was set in motion when, in dealmaking with hard right holdouts at the start of the year, he agreed to a series of demands, including a rules change that allowed any single lawmaker to file the motion to vacate. All but a few ethnic Armenians in the Nagorno-Karabakh region have fled their ancestral homeland following a violent takeover by Azerbaijan two weeks ago, the Armenian government announced Tuesday. According to the Armenian government, uh, 100,617 Nagorno-Karabakh refugees out of a population of 120,000 have been forcibly displaced. Meanwhile, a small military clash close to the Armenia-Azeri border on Monday further evidenced rising tensions between the two neighboring nations. This comes amid already widespread fears among experts that Azerbaijan, which is backed by Turkey, is planning to invade Armenia. In a Monday opinion piece in the Washington Times, Sam Brownback, former U.S. ambassador-at-large for religious freedom, urged the U.S. to give Armenia security backing. A Western Iowa dog breeder has sold or surrendered all of his animals after numerous reports of his dogs escaping from the kennel and winding up on an airport runway. Iowa court records indicate that over the past several months, some of Troy Verduren's dogs have been found on the runway at Sioux Gateway Airport, just west of the kennel in Sioux City. Verduren's business now appears to be closed with all of the dogs relocated. And now for your scoreboard update with Mark Amadeo.
1: In sports on your Wednesday morning, yesterday's Major League Baseball playoffs got underway with the wild card games. Each series is best two out of three. In the American League, yesterday the Texas Rangers defeated the Tampa Bay Rays by the score of four to nothing. Texas leads that series one game to none. Game two is this afternoon at two o'clock in Tampa, Florida, and the other American League wild card game was in Minneapolis, and the Minnesota Twins defeated the Toronto Blue Jays by the score of 3-1. to Minnesota leads that best two out of three series, one game to none. Game two is this afternoon at 3.30 in Minneapolis. Over the National League last night, it was the Arizona Diamondbacks defeating the Milwaukee Brewers by the score of 6-3 in Milwaukee. Arizona leads that best of three series, one game to none. Game two is tonight at 6 o'clock in Milwaukee. And in the other National League wildcard game last night in Philadelphia. It was the Phillies defeating the Miami Marlins by the score of four to one. Philly leads that best two out of three series, one game to none. Game two is tonight at 7 o'clock in Philadelphia. High school football on most of these Iowa Catholic Radio Network stations this Friday night. It'll be a 5A district football, ninth ranked Urbendale, taking on number two Dallin Catholic from Valley Stadium in West Des Moines. Our pregame coverage begins at 6.30 with kickoff at 7 o'clock. Join Matt Mandring, John Chido, and me this Friday night for the Dowling Catholic Homecoming and Athletic Hall of Fame ceremonies on most of these Iowa Catholic Radio network stations. And with your Wednesday morning sports update on the Catholic Morning Show, I'm Mark Amadeo. Thank you,
4: Mark. And finally, today's fun fact. If you're a Star Wars fan, you'll love this fact. As Wookies were tall, George Lucas wanted the new species of Ewoks to be short. Using the image of the Griffin Bruxellois, I'm probably butchering that, but uh, it's a, a type of dog breed. It's a dog breed which Lucas owned himself. Hmm. The Ewok was developed by renowned makeup artist Stuart Freeborn. As presented in the films, Ewoks appear as stocky, sapient bipeds which stand about one meter tall. What if you're not a Star Wars fan? Well, I, I guess you're just not gonna because that's how you started that. that fun fact, you know? Yeah, you're a Star Wars fan. You just have to. I mean, I had to look up what is a griffin Bruxellois? Yeah, does and it look like it's the Ewok? a Ewoks? striking similarity really? in the face of the dog. Interesting. And what an Ewok looks like. Okay. Are you a big Star Wars guy? I wouldn't say a big one,
2: but. Been known to yeah. to watch them. Yeah, not me. I watched the first three or or whatever, four, five, six. I don't know how they do it, but I watched. I gave the 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 old ones, you know, the their their time, and then I have moved on. Since then,
4: I would say. I mean, I wasn't a huge Star Wars fan, but I do appreciate the Ewok for its cuddliness. Okay. Yeah, I always kind of wanted like a stuffed Ewok <laughs> as a kid.
2: Well, maybe you'll. Maybe we'll get you one someday. Okay. All right. That'd be a great birthday present. Yeah, a great birthday or Christmas <laughs> gift. Oh, Deacon Mark. What do we got going this morning? Happy Feast Day.
5: Hey, well, yeah, St. Uh, Francis of Assisi. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, 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 a, it's a good one. It's also the uh, anniversary of St. Uh, Pope John Paul II's visit to Iowa yes, 44 is. years ago today. Yeah. Uh, weather's going to be uh, drastically different today than it was uh, that day 44 years ago. We got partly sunny uh, conditions for most of the day and most of the area. 75 degrees will be the high. Overnight, mostly clear, low around 50. And tomorrow, Thursday, sunny with breezy conditions as the day progresses and a high near 74. Uh, probably we're going to see a shift as we move into Friday in the weekend, but we'll get to that tomorrow. Mm. Uh, currently around the area, it's partly cloudy in Des Moines and 62. Marshalltown, mostly cloudy in 62. Atomwell, cloudy in 64. Creston, partly cloudy and 60 degrees. Weather today brought to you by Construction Professionals, a family business built on a strong foundation to create new and remodeled homes. CPCustomHomes.com. I'm Deacon Mark Campbell, and that's your Iowa Catholic Radio Network 24 hour forecast. Thank you, Deacon Mark. Well, just coming off of uh, a CC, uh,
2: you know, and knowing they were already just kind of preparing for this big feast day today of St. Francis, lots of people, tens of thousands, are going to be descending on a CC to be able to go um, uh, pay their. Pay their respects, we'll just say. <laughs> A lot of respect in the church for St. Francis. Be able to go and see him and Claire as well. You can't forget to go see uh, Claire. And and both of them, if you haven't been to Assisi, they kind of... Have you been, Deacon Mark? Oh, i going to get his mic on here. They, they, they both sit, both of the basilicas, kind of on both ends of the top part of Assisi. Um, and then uh, the, the Zucala is down uh, kind of lower, in lower Assisi. So you kind of have the the three marks there um, that are, you know, obviously very sacred spots for the Franciscans. You have where kind of the Franciscan movement started, where um, Francis would get his call, also his place of death down below. Uh, You see the thorn bushes. So those uh, kind of rose, uh, the rose garden of which he would have rolled. Uh, And you see thorns on all the roses except for a a patch of roses, kind of a, a an area. Mm-hmm. And those are the thornless roses. Those are where he rolled. So it is said that when he rolled through those thorns, uh, those roses, uh,
5: the thorns disappeared. Interesting. Now, were you there this last trip to, to, oh, yeah. to yeah. And that's yeah. Uh, what, what does the, what is the crowd like on a, on a normal, you know, touristy season? Well, that's or, a good
2: question. Or... We were there on a Sunday. I try to do our schedule on Sundays mm-hmm. uh, because it's less, crowded uh, on Sundays but I mean normally there's a reason why we go to Rome first right you go to Rome first and Rome is like New York City on steroids with even worse I mean if you could think of driving in the worst traffic you've ever driven in in the United States I mean the worst maybe you've been to LA I've driven in that traffic it's horrendous New York there are no rules uh, in in on Italian streets Mm -hmm. I mean no rules, and you've got Vespas with these little uh, uh, motorcycles, yeah. and they're little ones, dodging, zigzagging, and and cutting just you know right through right in front of our bus. You know, no line, no one pays attention. You know, you're in the middle of the road. You're just kind of driving. Everyone just kind of creates their own line. It's chaos. But then you go to a CC, and it's just the most peaceful, which thing relatively
5: speaking, what what's like the thirty miles out, forty miles? What's oh the, no, what's uh, the...
2: uh, it's a, a three-hour bus ride, two-hour. Two hour car ride. Okay. Yeah. And uh, you go to a CC and then you just, it's peace. I mean, there's no way around it. And even the people, why? It could be crowded. I've been there when it's really crowded and it's just still peace. I mean, everyone's just kind of calm walking through. And, um, you know, you see so many historic spots. You know, you see Franciscan sisters and uh, brothers and priests walking around everywhere. But, um,
5: well, maybe someday we'll get, uh, Marie and I will get over there. You got to go. You know, it's, it's, you know, I imagine it to be, you know, kind of like a um, kind of like walking through a family history album. Right. Yeah. It's the story of our faith. It's the story of those who have gone before us and and, and lived out uh, heroic virtue. And, yeah, no, today is uh, today's today's a great feast day. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, uh, uh, there, there's always something new to learn about uh, St. Francis. I feel like in, uh, you know, different things that you read. I've been going through some things online today. Uh, you know, Francis' birth name, right? Uh, Giovanni. Okay. John. Wow.
2: Yeah. There you go. Then then the family changed it to Francis after a, <laughs> little, a short time. But, uh, no, Giovanni is his uh, birth name. So St. John, we'll call him. Yeah. St. John of Assisi. <laughs> no, okay, maybe not. St. Francis of Assisi. His dad, Big Bernie, we'll talk about him in the second half hour, too. It did everything he could. Bertadone. Did everything he could try to prevent Francis from... Um, from going into uh, starting this new way of life, rebuilding the church as the, as our Lord would ask. We pray right in front of that uh, crucifix as well. That's in um, the church of the Basilica of St. Clair's Mm. is that very cross that spoke. Jesus would speak to Francis, 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 rebuild my church. And it's a, it's a powerful moment of prayer when you're able to pray in front of that cross as well. But we could talk for hours and we probably will talk for minutes today. Lots of minutes on St. Francis dedicate some good time to him because he's he's just uh, I, I had a renewed sense of a vocation uh, to excuse me, devotion um, to St. Francis of Assisi. When I went to Assisi for the first time, I always kind of stayed away from Francis Um I just thought, you know, he's too popular, or, you know, I he loves animals, I'm not an animal guy, you know, all those sorts of things,
5: and then you go there, and you just fall in love, I mean... It, well, and, that, and that's exactly what I mean, is you kind of have the, uh, uh, you get the... You know, the, the image that most people have is, is him with animals because of the garden statues and what and yeah. have you. And, and, it's, and it's great. But then you start digging. One of the things I learned just this morning reading is that uh, when he presented himself to Bishop for Ordination... Uh, he he did so naked, yeah, because he wanted to. He wanted to be like Christ, yeah. And uh, he ripped his clothes his off a few times in his story. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, and his family. Interestingly enough, his family was. Uh, I think they were garment merchants, right, yeah. or, or fabric merchants. Yep. Yeah. And uh, he renounced uh, his family wealth to uh, to serve. Did he ever keep your clothes on, though, right? (laughs) No
2: problem. All right, Deacon. All right, friends. Happy Feast of St. Francis of Assisi. We'll have more on him coming up uh, a little later in the show. When we come back, uh, Chad Pettigord is going to be on, vice president of philanthropy at the Catholic Leadership Institute. They do a lot to be able to support bishops and priests. What makes a happy, healthy, holy priest? How do uh, priests and bishops, how is it that the Catholic Leadership Institute is feeding into them and helping them? We've got an institute that is pouring into our priests and to our bishops, and we're so happy about that because they need help, too. They need pastoring, too. They need uh, leadership. And to learn that as well, we'll have a chat on all things Catholic Leadership Institute and what they're doing to support our priests when we come back. John Lynette here on the Catholic Morning Show. You're
3: listening to the Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio.
4: Support for Iowa Catholic Radio funded by Loras College, a nationally ranked Catholic college located in Dubuque on the bluffs of the Mississippi River. Loras College is an innovator and leader in liberal arts education, challenging students to work towards building a more just and ethical world by respecting the human dignity of all. Catholic identity is integrated throughout our curriculum and experiences. Loras College invests in graduate and undergraduate students. To light the path toward a better future, learn more at loris.edu. Support for Iowa
2: Catholic Radio comes from John Leonetti, EOS Implementer, the entrepreneurial operating system, helping businesses and organizations clarify, simplify, and achieve their vision. Leonetti at EOSWorldwide.com.
1: Support for
4: Iowa Catholic Radio comes from Laser Home Services. Catholic-owned and operated, Laser Home Services have been providing Central Iowa with electric, plumbing, heating, and cooling services
5: since 2001. Learn more at laserhomeservices.com. Support for programming provided by Trappist Caskets, a work of the monks of New Abbey in Piasta, Iowa. Embracing an honest approach to death can more readily affirm the real meaning of life. Trappist Caskets and urns are made in the prayerful environment of the monastery, using Iowa-grown wood from the abbey's sustainable forest. Each casket and urn is blessed by a monk. Quietly laboring with their hands for 175 years, the monks offer workmanship at the pinnacle of woodworker's craft. Available for immediate delivery or as a part of a pre-planning program. Learn more at trappistcaskets.com.
4: Explore Seven Mysteries of the Faith Unlocked by the Holy Eucharist, Thursday, October 19th at 6.30 p.m. at St. Joseph in Winterset. Catholic Answers staff apologist Joe Heschmeyer will show how a right understanding of the Eucharist is key for understanding both the New and Old Covenants, early Christianity, and your own spiritual life. Plus, view the Eucharistic Miracles of the World banner display. Don't miss Joe Heschmeyer, October 19th in Winterset. Register now at iowacatholicradio.com support for
0: iowa catholic radio provided by farm bureau agent cindy schulte an authorized independent agent for walmart blue cross and blue shield of iowa an independent licensee of the blue cross blue shield association learn more at 515-226-2111 or cindy the catholic morning show on iowa
3: catholic radio
2: thanks for tuning in friends happy feast of saint francis of assisi let's go to our next guest He is the director, vice president, excuse me, of philanthropy at the Catholic Leadership Institute. Back on the show, Chad Pettigord joins me. Hey, Chad.
0: Good morning, John. Great to talk to you.
2: Good to have you, brother. Um, All right. Let's first of all, uh, the Catholic Leadership Institute. Always good to kind of uh, reintroduce uh, you guys. Who are you?
0: Yeah, John, we're a Catholic apostolate. We've been working with the Church to help develop leaders within the Church, both clergy and lay leaders, for the past 31 years.
2: And let's emphasize the clergy part today. We've talked about how you're doing this with lay leaders uh, the last time, but today we're going to really kind of emphasize the clergy, because you work heavily with bishops and priests.
0: We do, on a daily basis.
2: All right, so uh, what do you do with them, first of all?
0: Well, I think John, I think it's important to set some context, right? Why we why we talk about priests, why we're focused on helping priests and bishops, and you know, we've been doing research for many years within the church. And one of the things that we've learned is that, you know, if someone, if a parishioner is, uh, will strongly agree that they would recommend their pastor, then they are 11 times more likely to recommend their parish to a friend. But but why is that important?
2: Eleven right? so times. It, it,
0: 11 times wow. more likely to recommend their parish to a friend. Wow. And and those are net promoters, right? Those are those are people who are bringing others to the church, bringing people back to the church. They're the ones that are evangelizing. So if they recommend their pastor, they are 11 times more likely to be that net promoter to recommend their parish to a friend. So we know just how important the role of pastor is in the context of someone's faith.
2: Mm. I, that, that's... I, I I guess I'd never even put two and two together, but it makes complete sense,
4: right? It
0: does, and I think you know we find that 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 the pastors they need support. So so how do we help them? I mean, one of the things is that they they go to seminary and they they are taught many things and are wonderful men. But one of the things that they don't get is they don't get any training or curriculum on leadership, how to be great leaders, mm-hmm. and especially with the role of pastor, we are asking them to do a big job, and that job has evolved over time and is bigger now than it was, right? So, you know, we're asking pastors literally to do everything from choose the the type of toilet paper that's in the bathroom on some days to bring the Scripture to life for seven living generations in a homily. Mm. Now, that is a diverse job, and so they, they, they need support, and what we do with them is to help them understand who they are as leaders to better understand themselves, to understand areas where they might need to do some work, opportunities for them to grow as leaders, and then provide the resources to them, whether it's individual coaching or it's helping them meet a difficult challenge in their parish or or community. And, uh, John, we do the same thing with bishops. Uh, they need support uh, the same as priests, and so we do that around the country on a daily basis.
2: What makes an effective leader for, as a priest?
0: That's a good question. I'd ask you, John, you know, um, you, you've been in, I, I suspect, some parishes there in Iowa or other places in the country, and you probably had experience of a pastor who was really effective and maybe one that was not. What did you see in a pastor maybe who was more effective? Hmm,
2: Turning the tables on me here. I like Uh this. Okay. (laughs) Uh, More effective, someone that was uh, clear, um, someone that led and managed, but uh, was good at, you know, uh, holding people accountable, I would say. Um, Not in in an angry way, but, uh, you know, a way Uh of just kind of allowing, you know, nothing to kind of uh, sink through. Uh, they' uh, sneak through the cracks you know everything 's kind of above board um, one who creates an open and honest atmosphere with his uh, with his people right so uh, not just yep. not just those that he 's leading and managing in the office but also his parishioners you know you want yep. y- you got to have an element of trust there in fact it 's probably the most basic element of leadership is is if i don 't trust you it 's going to be very hard for you to lead me. Uh, and I'm yep. I'm just not going to uh, give myself over to you like that. How am I doing?
0: You're doing great. Those are all true. Okay, and, good. And we've done a lot of research on this. And so we've been able to correlate you know, pastors and parishes where they're doing very well um, with regard to feedback from their parishioners and the behavioral characteristics that exist within those pastors who are seen as very effective. Here are a couple others that are really important. And you mentioned this openness but specifically open to innovation, Mm. willing to try some new things as part of their leadership in a parish is one of the most important characteristics. Another one, interestingly, is demonstrates an appropriate response to urgency, right? So if it's an emergency and it needs to be dealt with, then they operate in that way. But, you know, not everything is an emergency and some calmness in the face of challenge is a good thing. And so that appropriate response to something that's urgent is very important. There's a third one, and this is really important, especially as it pertains to preaching and homilies, and that is that the, the pastor has, an, has some optimism that they share a message of hope. We've worked with places and priests in some areas where they had a, a difficult time building relationships with their parishioners, and in those cases, one of the things that was missing was a message of hope. And when they're able to change that and we're able to coach them through that, it makes a, a big difference.
2: Kind of the in, doom and gloom, right?
0: Exactly. As so we hear, of hope, exactly.
2: Yeah, and, and what, then, this is who what, we are. Yeah, by yeah. the way, I, I want to interrupt exactly. you for a second, Chad, because this is who we are, right? We're John Paul II said we're 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 an Easter people. Alleluia is our song. So we already, e- if we're an Easter people, we are we are a hope filled people. More than anything, this is what what Christians should be able to see in us. That is just as St. Paul says. You know, they they should be perplexed. They should be almost kind of like weirded out why is this person so hope filled with with the gospel and you're able to turn to them and say because it's good news you know that that this isn't it that, that we have a god that loves us that came here not to not to uh, condemn the world but to save it you know and uh, and he's bringing me with him i mean that's that's just it's just so it's just so basic but yet can't be forgotten because you know our priests they're getting beat up In the world we live in today, and not just from outside forces, (laughs) inside forces as well, meaning they're parishioners. You know, it can be tough being a priest. you got a lot of people kind of coming at you with their opinions and their, you know, uh, their thoughts and their ways of moving things. So I kind of like what you said before, because when you're getting thrown a lot of things and you are open to innovation at the same time, you know, you got to remain calm and you got to kind of keep the steady hand.
0: Exactly right.
2: All right. So uh, bishops. Let's go there. You Are you helping them? How do you do it? Do you have, like, a class? Are they coming into you? What are you doing?
0: Yeah. You know, John, there's an interesting statistic that I think is really important for context here, and that is, you know, across the country, over the next five years, 30% of the current bishops will be of retirement age. Wow. So across the country, 30, there will be a 30 percent change in, in Episcopal leadership across the United States. And so it's one of the things that we're looking at that, that we're saying, how can we support them in that process? So one of the things we do, John, is help, really help them in that transition, right, So the transition from one bishop to the next, is a really important moment in the life of a diocese and in, in, in leadership. And it's important to manage well through that process and, you know, to do it quickly, right? We don't we don't want the new the, the, the retiring bishop to take time towards the end of his tenure and then the new bishop to take some time to to cast a vision or to develop a plan. We want that to move quickly so that the people of God can see that, can see that from the leadership of the bishop. And so we're trying to help them with those transitions across the country. The other thing we do is 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 at least once a year gather bishops to provide just what you mentioned, some some curriculum. Um, Often, they will pick a topic that they'd like us to explore uh, for them, and we do the research and provide some content, provide some experience to them to help them build their own leadership. An example of some past topics, you know, we had um, engaging the millennial generation during one of these sessions, and really help them to understand from a millennial generation perspective what are they looking for in their bishops, in their leadership? How are they looking to experience their faith, and how is that different than other generations? And and as part of that, we brought them a representation of the millennial generation and let them have some individual, really focused conversations with them, which is really very different than what they get in their, in their own diocese, as you might know, they, they have a lot of responsibility, and they don't mm-hmm. often get to sit and talk with people in a very personal way.
2: Well, I'm glad you guys are pouring into our priests and our bishops, and, and uh, you guys are doing a great job with it. And, they, you know, they, they need support. Um, this we, we, We've got to support our priests. We've got to support our bishops uh, with prayer, yes, but also just kind of that human formation as well um and every priest that i know i mean it it welcomes this sort of thing i mean they love to learn they they're they're they're, uh open about you know this at least the ones that i know and and um and want to continue to grow and i think that's the biggest key right there is you got to want it and uh you guys are doing it not just with priests and and religious we talked about uh lay last time but you're also doing it for lay men and women where can people go to check out the work you're doing
0: they can go to CatholicLeaders.org, our website, and uh, there's plenty of information there, I think. And, and John, I think, you know, to your point, supporting our clergy and our priests is really important. I think everyone listening, um, hopefully they take the opportunity to do that. And I think, I think, A, getting involved in the parish and offering to help the pastor is a great way to help. You know, sometimes they're... Uh, afraid to ask for help or afraid to ask someone to participate in something specific in the parish. But additionally, they also don't get feedback on a regular basis. So I think we as Catholics need to do a better job of, of helping them by providing some feedback to them in a caring and loving way. It's not a critical way. It's a caring and loving way to help them with what they're doing and and support them in their vocation. There's no greater joy for us than supporting the vocation of a priest or a bishop in their ministry.
2: Catholicleaders.org, friends. You can find more information. He's Chad Pettigord. Chad, thank you, brother. God bless you.
0: Thanks, John. God bless you. A All right. Day.
2: Catholicleaders.org, everyone. Good stuff. Coming up, second half hour, Kimberly Begg is going to be on to talk about the Catholic School Playbook. We'll have her on coming up in just a few minutes. More on St. Francis of Assisi as it is his feast day today. So we'll have your saint of the day around the corner. We'll talk a little bit more about this great saint. John Lenetti here on the Catholic Morning Show. Let's go right now to your daily
6: gospel and reflection. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. As Jesus and his disciples were proceeding on their journey, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus answered him, Foxes have dens and birds of the sky have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to rest his head. And to another he said, Follow me. But he replied, Lord, let me go first and bury my father. But he answered him, Let the dead bury their dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me say farewell to my family at home. Jesus answered him, No one who sets a hand to the plow and looks to what was left behind is fit for the kingdom of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Hi, this is Father Nick Smith, parochial vicar of Christ the King Parish in Des Moines. Jesus wants us to know the cost of discipleship He tells this man who says that he will follow Jesus wherever he goes He reminds him Foxes have dens, birds of the sky have, n- have nests But the Son of Man, and by extension his disciples, have nowhere to rest their head Being a disciple is hard It's a lifelong project It costs a lot It may even cost everything as the example of the martyrs show us We must be ready for this, must be ready to, to not count the cost, to not look to what was left behind, as the Israelites did when they wandered into the desert, and yet they longed for the flesh pots of Egypt. We must leave those behind. We are disciples of the Lord, and so he is the one who guides and directs our lives in all things. Let us ask for this grace to do the will of God always, no matter what the cost. May God bless you, and let us continue praying for each other.
4: Support for programming provided by Dr. David Ball at Des Moines Eye Surgeons, your total eye care specialist, specializing in cataracts and glaucoma care. Des Moines Eye Surgeons, 515-225-3546 or dmisurgeons.com.
7: Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Ashworth Vision Clinic. Complete eye exams, contact lenses, glasses, glaucoma testing, and urgent eye issues. 515-440-4610, ashworthvision.com.
4: To all our family of listeners, we want to say thank you for your generous support during Iowa Catholic Radio's fall fundraiser. Your gifts make all the difference in ensuring the future of Iowa Catholic Radio. If you didn't get a chance to pledge, it's not too late, and matching dollars are still available. Donate now at iowacatholicradio.com to help continue this important work of connecting listeners to Christ. We are family. Again, thank you for supporting Iowa Catholic Radio.
2: The Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio.
0: Thanks
2: for tuning in, friends. Happy Feast Day of St. Francis of Assisi. We'll talk more on St. Francis coming up later in the show today. Also, Kimberly Begg is going to be on, the editor of the Catholic School Playbook. She's going to be on to talk about uh, some classical education as well as... um, really just kind of give a, 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 the lowdown on the work that they're doing, kind of the, fam, uh, the family foundation and the programs that they are offering within, um, within this uh, Catholic school playbook project. So we'll have her on coming up at about 7.45 today. Deacon Tony, let's offer ourselves to our Lord with our morning offering prayer.
3: Great and glorious God, my Lord Jesus Christ, I implore thee to enlighten me and to disperse the darkness of my soul. Give me true faith, firm hope, and perfect charity. Grant me, O Lord, to know thee so well that in all things I may act by thy light and in accordance with thy holy will.
2: Amen. Amen. Let's go to Matt. Welcome now with his news.
4: Thank you, John. News brought to you this morning by Laser Home Services, Catholic-owned and operated, offering electrical, plumbing, heating, and cooling services in central Iowa since 2001. Learn more at laserhomeservices.com. Good morning. I'm Matt Wilkham. Pope Francis on Wednesday released a new document on the environment that he has described as the second part of his 2015 encyclical Laudato Si, and which warns of grave consequences if humanity continues to ignore the threat of climate change. The apostolic exhortation titled Laudate Deum, Praise God, is meant to address what Francis calls the global social issue, the effects of which he says are borne by the world's most vulnerable people. The new document's publication date, October 4th, is the Feast of St. Francis of Assisi, from whom Francis drew his pontifical name at the start of his papacy in 2013. A Des Moines suburb could have a special census after years of fast population growth. On Monday, the Ankeny City Council approved allowing the mayor to request a cost estimate for a special census. Cities are allowed to have one special federal census per decade at their expense to potentially raise their population count and receive more dollars from funding sources tied to population, particularly road use tax funds for road projects. The 2020 census recorded a population of just under 68,000 in Ankeny. The U.S. Census Bureau estimated a population of just over 72,000 as of July 2022, and Ankeny officials now estimate the city has a population approaching 74,000. That would be a nearly 9% increase in just a few years. This is a test. If you have a cell phone or are watching television Wednesday, that message will flash across your screen as the federal government tests its emer- emergency alert system used to tell people about emergencies. The EAS is a national public warning system that's designed to allow the president to speak to the American people within 10 minutes during a national emergency via specific outlets such as radio and television, and wireless emergency alerts are short messages, 360 Characters or less that go to mobile phones to alert their owner to important information. And now for your scoreboard update with Mark Amadeo.
1: In sports on your Wednesday morning, yesterday's Major League Baseball playoffs got way with the wild card games. Each series is best two out of three. In the American League yesterday, the Texas Rangers defeated the Tampa Bay Rays by the score of four to nothing. Texas leads that series one game to none. Game two is this afternoon at 2 o'clock in Tampa, Florida. And the other American League wildcard game was in Minneapolis, and the Minnesota Twins defeated the Toronto Blue Jays by the score of 3-1. to Minnesota leads that best two out of three series, one game to none. Game two is this afternoon at 3.30 in Minneapolis. Over the National League last night, it was the Arizona Diamondbacks defeating the Milwaukee Brewers by the score of 6-3 in Milwaukee. Arizona leads that best of three series, one game to none. Game two is tonight at 6 o'clock in Milwaukee. And in the other National League wildcard game last night in Philadelphia, it was the Phillies defeating the Miami Marlins by the score of 4-1. to Philly leads that best two out of three series, one game to none. Game two is tonight at 7 o'clock in Philadelphia. High school football on most of these Iowa Catholic Radio Network stations this Friday night. It'll be a 5A district football, 9th-ranked Urbendale taking on number 2 Dowling Catholic from Valley Stadium in West Des Moines. Our pregame coverage begins at 6.30 with kickoff at 7 o'clock. Join Matt Mandring, John Chido, and me this Friday night for the Dowling Catholic Homecoming and Athletic Hall of Fame ceremonies on most of these Iowa Catholic Radio Network stations. And with your Wednesday morning sports update on the Catholic Morning Show, I'm Mark Amadeo. Thank you, Mark. And finally,
4: on October 4th, 1979, the largest crowd in Iowa history, an estimated 350,000, flocked to Living History Farms on a cold and rainy autumn day. As the Pope arrived in a helicopter, the skies parted and the bright sun came out. Prior to his first visit to the U.S., Pope St. John Paul II received a letter from Iowa farmer Joe Hayes. Written at his rural home kitchen table, the farmer invited the Pope to travel to Iowa on his U.S. tour to speak on stewardship of the land. The Pope did just that, speaking on gratitude, conservation, and generosity of the land and those who farm it. Do you know anyone that was there? I don't. Uh, well, actually, well, yeah. my, my, Monsignor Bignano. Yes. Oh, I was going to say, did you talk Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Personally, did you here, talk uh, to Monsignor hey, about Monsignor.
5: that when he we he had did. him on last Friday? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was, we had the f- phones were ringing and, and stuff was studying. Hear what say, John you Paul II hear? said to him? No, uh, the, some, uh, the bishop said, uh, "This is
2: Monsignor Bignano." said uh, that He is going to be the one. He's the one that put all of this together. And John Paul II said, "I am fully in your care." Wow, uh,
5: awesome. <laughs> yeah i'm glad we, had, we almost able... passed out <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine yeah, no it's, I've, I've been i've sat around and listened to Monsignor uh, tell some of the stories of how that all came to be and it's just just fascinating so i was glad we were able to get them on the radio even if i wasn't able to to hear it but um yeah no my dad took my older sister out and i think my she would have been four or five years old yeah um so yeah no they were they they were out there and, and the pictures and it's just tough to even to imagine I think particularly because of this area is so developed now. You know, in comparison to sure. what it was 44 years ago. But yeah, had to be uh, just an amazing, uh, amazing experience. And the the chair that you know that they used for people that may not know uh, the chair that uh, Pope Saint John Paul II used for Mass was is over at the cathedral here mm-hmm. in Des Moines, Saint Ambrose. So yes, it is a uh, a third class relic that would be uh, pretty cool. Pretty but, cool. Uh, or is it second class since since he? Used? I think it'd be third. I think it'd be third. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think it's third. Either way, but, uh, pretty cool. Be fun. sit in it.
4: Do you sit in it? I have. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, Yeah. the privileges of a clergyman. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. There you go. I, Dick, I feel awkward walking up there. Like, yeah, I know. Just a late Get person. out of here. <laughs> Get out of here. What do we got for weather?
5: Well, today we are going to have a partly sunny skies and a high near 75 overnight, mostly clear and a low around 50. Uh, as you can see, we're starting to trend back from the... Uh, uh, summertime temperatures we had earlier this week. Tomorrow, Thursday, sunny, then breezy with a high of 74. Uh, as the week goes on, it's going to get just a little bit cooler as, as the days go by. So enjoy them while you can. Currently around the area, uh, Des Moines is partly cloudy in 62. Ames is mostly cloudy in 61. Oskaloosa, Centerville, both mostly cloudy, coming in at 64 and 63 degrees, respectively. Today's weather brought to you by Construction Professionals. Great uh, supporters of Iowa Catholic Radio for a long time. A family business built on a strong foundation to create new and remodeled homes. Learn more at cpcustomhomes.com. dot com. I am Deacon Mark Campbell. That was your Iowa Catholic Radio Network twenty four hour forecast.
2: Am I allowed to say they just did work on my house? I sure. Okay,
5: and yeah, and they've worked on my house. Can, can we say how it went? Yeah, I know it was awesome. It was because, amazing. Yeah, they 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 do great work, and uh, I mean. Yeah, uh, I, appreciative I, of all our underwriters, yeah. We would love to give them all. And I,
2: we try to use. I try to use our underwriters. You know, like
5: uh, I hope we all do. Yeah. yeah I, I. I mean, all, all of them, um, getting lists and all of that. Want to uh, give a quick uh, update. We prayed for Skip. Uh, Skip Garden. Oh, good. Uh, you know, he's uh, again. Skip, uh, Skip and Melissa Garden, uh, complete plumbing services. They are um, good supporters of the station as well. Yes. Uh, their son Calvin was in a, a, a motorcycle racing accident last Friday. Broke a vertebrae in his. How's back. he doing? Uh, surgery went well uh they had uh, it it went it was a little over three hours but prognosis is pretty good he's got a long road of uh uh, recovery through physical therapy and a variety of things. But thanks to everybody for the prayers. And, yes. Skip, uh, listens, prayers, Skip
2: so. listens to this show every morning yep. and uh, tells me
5: about it when he comes and does work at my house, too. He's just a good. <laughs> you got to have so. you, your kids. You need quit, quit throwing toys down the uh, toilet. Yeah, and exactly. Things up.
2: Exactly. That's the least <laughs> of my problems anymore. All right. Thank you, Deacon Mark. Let's go to your saint of the day.
3: This is your Saint of the Day on Iowa Catholic Radio.
2: Today's saint is revered by people of a wide variety of faiths and even no faith. As a holy and devout man, St. Francis of Assisi today was born in Italy in the 12th century to a prosperous merchant family. But at a young age, Francis wanted to be a knight. But instead, a serious illness redirected the youth to see the emptiness of the world. He went off to war. He got sick, and because of that, he had to come back. And it was there that God started working on his heart. It was a long and difficult period of time that Francis would pray for a decision in which God would call him to renounce everything that he owned. And he would do just that, radically reject the world. And instead, he decided to live his life entirely for God. He gave up everything everything he owned even the family property that he would have inherited he was considered wild eccentric he was considered he lost his mind but the inner peace that francis had ultimately developed into a group of followers he was torn between a life devoted entirely to prayer and a life of active preaching of the good news of jesus christ on the streets he decided in favor of the latter but always returned to solitude when he could He wanted to be a missionary in Syria or in Africa, but was prevented by shipwreck and illness in both cases. God was trying to send a message to him. He did try to convert the Sultan of Egypt during the Fifth Crusade, though. During the last years of his relatively short life, remember, he died at only 44 years old. He was half blind, seriously ill, and two years before his death would receive the stigmata, the real and painful wounds of Jesus Christ in his hands, and his feet, and in his side, there's so much more that we can say about this holy saint. Today, we ask for his prayers. St. Francis of Assisi, pray for us. Amen. And I, I just, I can't, I can't tell you enough. If you're able to make Assisi sometime in your life, even maybe even a virtual pilgrimage, if you know you can't travel there, you got to go. You got to go see it. Um, It's it's. It's an experience, you know, Rome is pretty chaotic and, and Italy is just kind of chaotic in general, uh, you know, all around. Anywhere that I go in Italy, it's just it's just chaos. It's the only way the Italians know. Anyway, CC is not. It's just not. I mean, I I, I think the rowdiest I, I saw CC was the last time I was there. And there were a bunch of like uh, high schoolers at the at the McDonald's.
0: That was the hangout.
2: I was like, all right, this this seems to be as crazy as a Friday night. I was like, this seems to be uh, as crazy as a CC gets uh, here because it's just the spirit of Francis and Claire, uh, you know, and and, and many others that would follow in their way. Anthony, Padre Pio. I mean, how many Franciscan saints do we have? Uh, It's just a a, a fantastic place and a place of of deep prayer, but also conversion. Uh, Every time I go, I feel converted again. Over and over and I fought that for a long time remember well like I told you it's probably only been the last seven eight years I fought a devotion to Saint Francis of Assisi because I thought you know I love the Saints I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pick my own everyone wants Francis I'm not gonna go Francis's route right you know I'm trying to be all smart well I didn't choose Francis uh, Francis and Claire they would choose me from the moment I stepped foot on on those grounds because I got to see and experience you know the life he really lived. A life of radical conversion, over and over again. Sometimes we think Francis was a guy, you know, from the '60s, just kind of walking around peace and love, you know, with a few dogs. That wasn't Francis. You know, you, you see the you see the picture of him with the wolf, right the 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 wolf and and there's a beautiful statue in the rose garden there of him kind of bending down. What was that for? Well, he wasn't just calling over a nice wolf to pet. I mean, this wolf was uh, uh you know tearing everything apart. It was a wild. Uh, animal and meeting Francis he would find peace you see here this is what kind of God shows through the animals you know animals kind of go all which way you can't control them right you know you you think of doves and birds and everything flying overhead they're not those aren't going to hurt you but but you can't control them Where, where they fly is where they fly but they land in the place of Francis why because they land in the place of peace God's peace God kind of calls all things into himself. And he shows that, that when his grace touches down on someone, same thing like, uh, you know, you and I, when his grace is there, though there might be chaotic times and there might be suffering, but there's an inner peace that nothing can take away and restores that order or what is in chaos. It restores it to its rightful place. And that is a full trust and peace and hope in almighty God doesn't go away, but it restores a peace and a hope there inside each and every person. Francis depicted that. He depicted that in a beautiful way. So uh, to all you, I know, uh, maybe um, uh, uh, followers of of Jesus through the life of St. Francis, um, big feast day for you today. Make sure to celebrate. I know we'll do so a little bit in the Leonetti household. A little treat tonight, maybe some ice cream or something. All right. When we come back, Kimberly Begg is going to be on to talk about the um, Catholic school playbook and what it is that they're doing to be able to help Catholic schools. Also, we're going to learn a little bit about um, uh, uh, classical education, kind of a Catholic classical education We'll have that for you when we come back. John Linetti here on the Catholic Morning Show. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the
3: Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio.
8: Here's your news for this Wednesday, October 4th from the Diocese of Des Moines. I'm Anne Marie Cox. If you're hurting following a divorce, we've got a program that might help. The Catholic Divorce Survival Guide offers comfort and counsel consistent with Catholic teaching. It can help a lot in a person's healing. The next 12-week session begins Monday at St. Francis in West Des Moines. Contact the Diocese and ask for Adam's story for details. Mary Magdalene has been called the Apostle to the Apostles. She has been portrayed variously in scripture, tradition, and legend throughout Christian history. In a retreat at Emmaus House on October 20th and 21st, we will reflect and pray on how she is depicted in diverse sources like movies, papal documents, and more. Visit the EmmausHouse.org for more information. That's the EmmausHouse.org. I'm Anne-Marie Cox. Have a great day.
0: Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by Farm Bureau agent Cindy Schulte, an authorized independent agent for Walmart Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Iowa, an independent licensee of the Blue Cross Blue Shield Association. Learn more at 515-226-2111 or com.
7: Calling all ladies to Spiritual Warfare featuring Jonette Williams in person from EWTN's Women of Grace. Saturday, November 11th at St. Francis of Assisi Parish in West Des Moines. The day includes three talks, Holy Mass, Rosary, Continental Breakfast, and a special opportunity for prayer requests. Ticket prices start at $30. Visit iowacatholicradio.com for more information. And don't miss Spiritual Warfare with Janet Williams and Iowa Catholic
8: Radio.
4: Connecting listeners to Christ.
8: Support for programming comes from M Squared Spa in West Des Moines. Catholic-owned Mary McDermott offers massage therapy and aesthetic services to help people achieve whole body wellness. Learn more at msquaredspa.com. That's msquaredspa.com.
0: The Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio.
2: Thanks for tuning in, friends. John Lenetti here in the Catholic Morning Show. Happy feast day today of St. Francis of Assisi. You hear a lot of quotes kind of attributed to him, and whether we know they're true or not, uh, I think the one that is most famous, right, is preach often, if necessary, use words. There's really no record of Francis saying that anywhere, but I like it anyway right? Preach often, and when necessary, use words. May not be from St. Francis, but it kind of shows us a little bit what our lives can and should be, a living witness to the good news of Jesus Christ. Yes, that's the peace. That's the hope we look for, the inner peace and inner hope. It's not always peaceful from the outside. Let's go to our next guest, Director of Programs General Counsel uh, for, let's see, I want to get this right, Catholic School Playbook, right? It's not for the Ortner Family Foundation. Kimberly Begg. Hi, Kimberly.
7: Hi there. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. uh, Catholic School Playbook is a project of the Ortner Family Foundation.
2: Got it. Got it. Okay. So tell me about the Catholic School Playbook. What are we doing here?
7: So this is an online resource. It is a website, and it's an actual playbook. So it's a full book with seven chapters, and it shares the best practices of successful Catholic schools. It is completely free. And the reason we developed it is because, we were seeing a lot of really good things going on in some Catholic schools. But, you know, educators are so busy, and uh, there was just not a whole lot of information sharing going on out there. So we wanted to cover all areas, Catholic mission, hiring, recruiting, even administration and fundraising. So Mm -hmm. the idea was to get the information out there to help Catholic schools help parents raise faithful Catholic kids.
2: Now, are you involved with kind of the classical education movement?
7: That's a great question. So a lot of the schools that are doing the best right now in Catholic education call themselves classical Catholic schools. Now, there are also classical schools out there that are not Catholic, um, and and it's an important distinction, because the goal of Catholic education is to raise saints. Mm -hmm. And we have this long, beautiful education tradition in the Church that draws on the Um, the the, the wisdom and and the teaching of virtue from the Greeks and the revelations from from the Jews. And classical education does all of that, but without the component of Christ. So our church has this beautiful education tradition dating back to St. Augustine, St. Thomas Aquinas, and other Catholic intellectuals which is what we considered to be Catholic education, until about 100 years ago when this progressive education movement came in. And slowly, decade after decade, a lot of Catholic schools started adopting the methods and the pedagogy and even the aims of progressive education, which is completely incompatible with the goals of the Catholic Church.
2: Well, my kids, uh, I had a great experience growing up with uh, with you know, kind of traditional Catholic education, a part of my parish, um, really good teachers and formators, and I know, you know, we've got some amazing schools around the area, but I will say my kids go to a classic education school um, two days a week, and we've had a great experience uh, with them. So while we do a lot for our regular Catholic schools here, I think it's good to kind of throw a bone in the way of the classical education movement, because it's, I, personally, it's had a great effect on our family. I mean, it's just been, it's been wonderful to be able to see, so I think you're dead on there, Kimberly.
7: It's wonderful, and a lot of the schools will use different labels. So they'll call themselves Catholic Classical. They'll call themselves Catholic in drawing on the liberal arts tradition. Um, And and a lot of these schools are using different words to mean the same thing, which is trying to give kids an education grounded in eternal truths that a lot of the government schools and a lot of the other secular schools just aren't doing. But the goal has to be to really empower kids and empower families, you know, to know the the difference between good and evil, you know, to know that they have a, an obligation to fight evil in the world and an obligation to, to, you know, to be a Christian and to be a courageous Catholic uh, standing up for their faith in the world.
2: I love what you said about making saints. This is, this is what Catholic education is all about. Um, it's got to be about making saints, and, and that's what... Um, that's what I know uh, You know, many are working towards, and we want to continue that, uh, but we also want to pray and continue to, uh, to you know, speak up if we need to and to, um, to fight against, as you said, the world. That, that's, what, that's what we do as, as Christians, but we don't fight in a way just kind of yelling and screaming matches. We want to restore what it is that God has given us in goodness and uh, truth. And that's what um, that's what this is about. I, I can really I got to let you go. But I want you to uh, plug what it is you're doing before I let you go. Can you can you give us a website or something people can learn more?
7: Absolutely. It's catholicschoolplaybook.com. Anybody can subscribe. We have a very popular weekly email where we share all of the news about Catholic education once a week on Thursdays. Nice. But uh, the whole playbook can be read cover to cover in an hour on school catholicschoolplaybook.com.
2: catholicschoolplaybook.com, everyone. She's Kimberly Begg. God bless you, Kimberly. Thanks for coming on.
7: God bless you. Thanks so much.
2: All right. Again, catholicschoolplaybook.com. All right, friends, on this Feast of St. Francis of Assisi, we pray.
3: O God, by whose gift St. Francis was conformed to Christ in poverty and humility, grant that by walking in Francis' footsteps, we may follow your Son and through joyful charity come to be united with you. And may the blessing of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit come down upon all of us, protect us all from evil, and bring us all to his everlasting life. Amen.
2: Amen. Thanks for tuning in today, friends. We'll be back on live tomorrow from the Iowa Catholic Radio Studios. In the meantime, be confident in Christ's mercy and his love today.
3: The Catholic Morning Show is a production of the Iowa Catholic Radio Network. To hear this and other programs, visit iowacatholicradio.com or download the Iowa Catholic Radio app.
1: Here in this worn and weary land where many a dream has died.